Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. My name is Teresa Blaze, and today I have a very, very special guest with me. His name is Andrew Schwab. He is the lead singer for the band Project 86. He's also an also an author, and he just has his hand in a whole bunch of different cool things. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to, to talk. It's it's a pleasure. I'll be honest, you guys, you guys know that I like to write a lot of poetry and a lot of music, and Andrew is one of my biggest influences when it comes to my writing. So, for those that may not have heard of you, can you kind of give a brief overview of what you're about and what the band is doing and like maybe someone who hasn't heard of your stuff or ha- ha- hasn't read any of your books, can you kind of give us give us an idea of what you're doing? Well, the band that I started was called Pro- it's called Project Eighty Six. We started in the year nineteen ninety six, so we've been around quite a while. Released ten records during that time. Sold uh, well over a half a million copies over that span. Spent some time on Atlantic Records and EMI Tooth and Nail. I've also written seven books along the way on a variety of different subjects and dabbled in journalism and blogging and uh, just trying to use my voice in as many avenues as possible to just speak into the world about the things that I've been through and the experiences that I've had and the things that I've learned. And I've uh, been fortunate enough to have a few people listen along the way. So that's been really cool. And I'm currently, in addition to doing music, uh, I'm a graphic designer. Wow. You've had a lot going on. Well, I will first start out by saying that your album, Songs to Burn Your Bridges By, was pretty much my soundtrack through high school. <laughs> um, and I know I know a lot of people might, might, might understand that, you know, but I mean, it got me through high school. So I just wanted to say thank you for your music uh, up front. Second. You have written on a variety of different topics, everything from abuse within the church to um, homosexuality to being transgender. But above all that, is there one message that you would like to get across to the people that are listening if you had everybody in a room and you were able to speak to them? The undercurrent or the major theme throughout a lot of the work that I do is the state of humanity. I try to write from a human perspective on human issues. Now, as a person of faith, this is a different angle than, than a lot of the other voices that are out there, at least uh, in, in the Christian world. Uh, I've tried to always write about things from a unique perspective, hopefully. And I really uh, take a look at, through all of my work, through the state of mankind as it relates to our creator, and perhaps in such a way that tries to cut to the core of why we do what we do. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that the central theme and the central message here is you know, that we as human beings are fallen and flawed, and that is our defining characteristic apart from God. And anything that is redeeming in our lives and in our human experience is the result of God's grace and His uh, divine provision and love for us. And so, yeah, I would say that that is, you know, when you boil it all down, that's everything that I have to say as a person. What convinces you that that we are all flawed, especially when a lot of people sit there and say, hey, I'm a good person. 
Well, I, I guess it's 50% just living on this planet with other human beings, partly just watching myself throughout the day and sometimes being in awe of <laughs> the mistakes that I make as a person. And also in just um, getting to know the being, the higher power that's created me for you know a period of time and realizing our ways are not his ways naturally. In one of your earlier albums, in fact, in your first album, you wrote in the song Independence, your rainbows assemble, the smile on your face unforgettable. You look to the skies and smirk while your choice proves completely regrettable. And in that one, you're talking to the homosexual community. And you, you've also stated in a recent record um, that, that a couple of your songs or maybe one of your songs is written to the transgender community. Is there something, I mean, do you have a, a heart for that community? Is there something that you would like to say to the LGBT community uh, at large? Not necessarily. I mean, I've written over a hundred songs, so there's not definitely not been a singling out of that. And those two songs come from two completely different perspectives and ideas. Um, the song that you quoted when I wrote it um, was really more about the idea of rebellion, rebellion in general. I'm not trying to single that out as one specific thing that I would believe that God views differently than the other things. Um, I think a lot of uh, the other, you know, sins in the Bible, essentially. I think a lot of Christians have made the mistake of taking such a strong stance um, on this particular issue. And I certainly don't ascribe to uh, a lot of the folks that would be viewed as extremists in that case. I think whether you deal with homosexuality or you deal with lying, <laughs> I think that God has a specific way that he's designed us to live. And if we do things to sort of thumb our nose at God in the way we live, then we will eventually regret that decision. And I mean that in the sense of in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was an outright rebellion in terms of the spirit of the place in the way that they conducted their lives, flying in the face of God. And homosexuality was just one part of that. But for the song Independence, it's the idea or the message I was trying to get across is that if we live our lives, you know, basically putting our middle finger up to God, you know, we will regret that decision. And whether that takes the form of, you know, one type of lifestyle or another, you know, at the end of the day, that that is a bad decision. But I will say that I am in no way, shape or form someone who promotes the idea of intolerance. I do not have a bigoted bone in my body. <laughs> I, I do not ascribe to treating other people, no matter what their lifestyle is, as less than or somehow that I am better than them because I believe in God or I believe in Jesus. When I stand before God, I'm going to need mercy for a whole list of things. <laughs> so uh, I do not point the finger at, it, at anyone else. I, I will be right there with you, buddy. Um, <laughs> the other common theme that I have seen going through your music is dealing with and confronting the church. For example, you, you've written an SM, SMC about the commerce or the merchandising of the church. And then you also wrote in uh, Sanctuary Home dealing with a pastor who is abusive to his kid. Does that come out of a place of experiences with the church? Oh, yeah. First and foremost, you know, there's a lot of personal experience and autobiographical elements to everything that I write. Um, but a lot of times it's my perspective on maybe something else 
it's something that someone else is going through. Yeah, I would say I, I view the church with a critical lens, you know, as much as I am guilty of being someone who also is flawed in my approach to things and, and flawed in the way that I can conduct my life. I've made the same mistakes that I've also, you know, talked about in songs. And sometimes I'm pointing the finger back at myself. Um, you know, in a song like SMC, it's, it's taking a critical look at how much church is a business and the marketing of faith to a Christian subculture and what this, how this must be viewed by our higher power in, in not in a positive light. And, you know, I've seen manifestations of this that are frankly disgusting, but I'm also a part of this conversation because, you know, my band has been marketed to people of faith as an alternative to secular music. Did we desire that when we started this band? No. But did we play a role in that happening? Yes. I think, you know, as a mantra, as an artist, um, I get the pragmatism of Christian parents wanting to buy safe music or art for their kids when other things out there are, uh, you know, obscene or um, explicit. I, I understand that concept to a point, but I also was not raised that way. I never wanted to create art that was a second rate version of a secular, you know, uh, band, you know, or a secular artist. You know, I feel strongly about that because I've tried to build my reputation as an artist on having a unique sound and a unique perspective, a unique voice, and hopefully making music that is of an artistic quality as anything else that is out there in our genre. And so the idea of selling art or commerce, Christian commerce, should naturally be offensive to all of us <laughs> because... Um, at the core of it, you're just slapping Jesus's name on something to try to make money off of it. And that should be offensive. Wow. Now, you mentioned your uh, childhood. How much did your childhood growing up, how much does it impact the music that you write? And how have you how has your music changed, say, from uh, your early stuff on from drawing black on lines onto uh, your latest release, Sheep Among Wolves? I would say that. Our childhood affects everything that we are as people. Um, and so it affects more than just the music that I write or the art that I produce. Um, it affects the way I view the world. Um, now, am I correlating my statements about the church to my childhood? No, not necessarily because I wasn't raised, uh, in the church as we would consider the fact of that statement. You understand what I'm saying? I was raised in the Catholic church, but that is a completely different a completely different subculture than the subculture that I reference in a lot of our music. I refer to, you know, evangelical Christianity or Protestant Christianity to a large extent when I make statements about the church or look at it through a critical lens. It's the church that I'm a part of in many ways. I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, the second part of your question was essentially how has my viewpoint or how has your viewpoint on different things changed from drawing black lines and your earlier stuff up to uh sheep among wolves gosh i wrote so many of those early records when i was so much younger and i had experienced so little in life as compared to now that i could say that those were written by almost a completely different person i still share the same worldview but the transaction of that worldview is completely different 
I think I was a lot more idealistic when I wrote Drawing Black Lines and when I wrote the first album than I am now. And I think just life does that to you. You know, you go through things and you realize um, things are, you know, the world is a lot more complex um, than it was when you were 20 or 21 or 24 years old. You know, when you get older and you have a family of your own and, you know, you just go through things, it's just different. I just have a lot more, I guess, grace than I used to. I have a lot more understanding for for people and why they do what they do. And I realize that, you know, life is a little bit more nuanced than I did previously. What influences your your writings? Because you actually wrote a full EP uh, recording some of the songs that you were influenced by. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I have a pretty broad influence base in terms of what I absorb and it's definitely not just uh, music related. Um, a lot of the songs I write have are not influenced by any piece of art. It's just influenced by the things that I go through. I do a lot of reflection on my own mistakes. One of my biggest, I guess, uh, bouts in my life is processing life not through a lens of regret. And so I fight with that a lot. Uh, and I wrestle with a lot of the things that I fight with personally in the music. Music is therapy for me, first and foremost, the music that I write, it's a way to express emotions that I can't express in everyday life, or at least in a way that I can't express them. My daughter, who is six years old, always says, Dad, why do you yell in the music? I don't like it. It's scary. And I say, well, it's a way for me to express things in such a way that I can't express in real life. You know, not every song that I've written is aggressive or frustrated or anything like that it's just that some of the most popular ones that my band have written has written are so i'm known as that and we have a pretty good eclectic cross-section of music that's drawn from a pretty eclectic diverse cross-section of influences i listen to a ton of electronic music i listen to not a lot of rock music i listen to a lot of hip-hop i always have i like female voices that sing i love Probably a lot of artists you've never heard of. My favorite singer is Lana Del Rey. I just love her voice and I love the, the perspective that she writes from in a lot of ways. I also read a lot and I watch a lot of television and, and films and things. And those are just as apt to be influences on songs as well. Going through your latest album, I found the song that kind of really I keep coming back to and I'm still trying to sort where you're going. I, I mean, I think I know, but I found a lot of with your stuff. I kind of have to listen a couple of times is uh, free, free, freebooter. You want to you want to kind of talk about that song kind of and kind of what, what's that about and what where, where are you going with that one? Yeah, that's one of my personal favorites on the record, especially from a lyrical standpoint. I try to write inside of these stories that we've heard so many times from an emotional perspective of empathy inside the characters that the story are about. And I'm speaking about biblical stories here. Uh, and so uh, Freebooter is about that moment when the disciples and Jesus were on the boat and the storm uh, was raging around them and the, the disciples were terrified and Jesus was taking a nap and he was taking a nap to test them. And, you know, they did not respond in faith. And I tried to put myself in the shoes of those disciples in that moment and even sort of postulate how Judas Iscariot himself would have responded in that situation. And what if that was the very moment that he decided to leave the faith, not because he didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was, but because he resented him for testing him. 
the song is about the idea of losing faith or doubt overcoming your faith and doubt in the sense that when we have faith in Jesus, sometimes our faith is not always focused on the person that he is or what he's done in the past, but on the discomfort of the present. And faith is defined by, can I hold on to what I believe even in the midst of a storm? And so, the song is about choosing to not hold on and what the end result of our lives will be if we choose to not hold on. And the metaphor there is in trusting in the waves of life, putting our hopes in the sea, essentially, of life and being someone who's on a boat on a large sea or on the ocean and trusting that that sea is not going to turn on us, meaning a sea, the sea in a life without faith in God. Uh, the song is essentially a, a warning. Would you say that the song is aimed more at those with faith or those that maybe do not aspire to a faith as it is? Because you seem to write a lot of songs of warning. This would be to those of us who proclaim to have faith, but who are tempted to abandon it. What about uh, Copper Wist? That one, I'm still reading and trying to figure out. Because <laughs> I actually have gone through the lyrics and I'm still trying to go, okay, what, do you, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about wishing that something will happen? Or what is your, 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 uh, your goal with that one? Uh, well, that song is about throwing out the baby with the proverbial bathwater. And so, looking at a, a, a mistake that you made or mistakes that you've made, and let's say it's, I don't know, there's so many different ways you could, you could take this. Let's say that you made a mistake and bought a car that initially you were really stoked on, but two years into driving it, the transmission goes out on it or a year and a half into it. It's really easy at that moment to go, man, I should have never bought this car, but that car also got you around for a year and a half. You created some amazing memories in that car. Some of your favorite memories in your life were in that car. Um, you went on some of your favorite trips. Even your, your top three most favorite trips were accomplished in that car. It got you back and forth to work. You know, I mean, there's all these amazing things that came out of this car that ended up being flawed. You know what I mean? This is a very trite metaphor, but you know, apply that, apply that to relationships, for example. I believe that God works within flawed relationships. I believe he works within bad marriages. I believe he works within marriages that fail even and produces great things even in horrible situations. And so to say, you know, why regret ever, you know, doing this thing that caused me so much pain is to ignore all of the great things that God brings about through our pain, even through our own mistakes. And so that's the message of the song. Oh, wow. Okay. So would you say then that your overall message is a message? I mean, because a lot of people might say, man, that's that's great for you. But man, I've done so much. I can't find hope. I mean, what would you say to that person, especially nowadays? I mean, in a world where we've got terrorism and everything seems to be going crazy around us. Given what you have been through and what you've seen, what would you say to the person that's actually looking for hope? I think that the world shows itself to be a darker place than we think it is many times because we don't really want to face it. You know what I mean? But the darker the darkness, the lighter the light when it shines, right? If you read through the lyrics on Sheep Among Wolves, I wouldn't say it's a supremely hopeful record in the context of our catalog. You know, there's a lot of 
heavy material on there that I'm reflecting on and writing about um, because I feel that way as well about the world that we live in. It's really hard to find hope in the world in which we live. But our only chance of finding it is through our creator. That's my personal opinion. I also wanted to go back to, this is on a separate note, one of the questions you asked previously because it's been on my mind ever since you asked it, but I didn't finish the answer. Because you asked, well, you asked about the song Independence. And then you asked the song about the song Metempsychosis, which is addressing largely, you know, the the transgender phenomenon in our culture. And those two songs um, are written from completely different perspectives. And it's a very good illustration, actually, of a different question you asked, which is how has how have I changed in the 20 years that I've been doing this? Essentially, you know, my 22 year old self wrote Independence as basically saying, if you choose to rebel against God, you're going to get it. You know what I'm saying? Would I write that song from that perspective now? No, no, of course not. I wouldn't write that song from that perspective now. I wrote Metempsychosis from the inside, trying to empathize with someone who feels like physical transformation via surgery. And whether that's a transgender situation or just, you know, someone getting plastic surgery on their face or, you know, a woman augmenting her breasts or you name it, you know what I'm saying? And is putting all of their rest and all of their hope in this physical transformation in some form that is unnatural to provide something that is a spiritual issue, you know, that is a hole and a, a a spot of pain inside of them or a deep seated insecurity. The question that that hopefully empathetic song is trying to ask is what happens if it doesn't work? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to say, I feel these things really strongly about myself too. Maybe not to the extent that you do. Maybe I'm, I don't feel the same kind of pain that you do, you know, because I'm not considering changing my gender or, you know, having a surgery you know, to improve myself, at least in my own eyes or in the eyes of other people. But if you carry out that type of thinking as an answer to the deep pain that you feel on the inside, what if it doesn't work? And so what are we left with? And that is also another sort of haunting scenario because it is, it's a warning as if to say, you know, okay, I'm not saying, I'm not even taking a stance on this issue. I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong here. What I'm asking is, what if that doesn't provide the thing that you're looking for it to do? Then what? You know, and I'm trying to ask that with care and gentleness in that, in, and also expressing my own pain that I feel about different things in my life. You asked, getting back to your other question, how have I changed? I would say that my voice is a lot more empathetic and filled with grace in many ways. Um, than it used to be as compared to, you know, the earlier work that I produced, you know, first and second record. Another area that I know you have written extensively about is the area of the afterlife and hell. A lot of people would kind of maybe read into your lyrics and go, well, how do you know there is a hell? Well, I, I don't. Are you talking about uh, by Constantine? On the I'm new talking album? about by Constantine. I'm also talking about chimes off of uh, Drawing Black Lines. Well, I, I can't say emphatically there is because I've never been there. By Constantine um, pulls largely from Dante's Inferno. And it really is using that as a visual imagery to portray a concept that sometimes we have to go through something really awful to get to something better. Um, which was what happens in Dante's Inferno where he goes literally travels through hell before he gets to paradise. 
of a song like Chimes is not about a literal afterlife hell. It's more about feeling like you're experiencing a hell on earth because of a situation that goes awry. This is interesting for me because I've taken a song one way when in reality it was meant an entirely different way. And that, you know, I, I, I tend to think that that's how we experience life. Maybe sometimes we're experiencing things one way when the reality is completely different. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I could go into all kinds of different places and talk about many other subjects. Is there one 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 thing that you want to kind of leave our audience with? In the context of our discussion here, I just, you know, whenever we talk about spiritual things, I, I fancy myself not to be the typical voice in the faith-based community. Like I said before, I don't really write from the perspective of being someone who quotes and throws scriptures at people or comes from this judgmental place. I'm really someone who is extremely flawed and who has made a lot of mistakes in his life. And my entire perspective on all the work that I put out in the world is in lieu of this. It really is. That's not like some trite pretend humility. I'm not a humble person at all. That's one of my great flaws. But I would love to think that if I have a purpose in this world, it's to try to paint a picture of a God that is willing to care about anyone, no matter how flawed they perceive themselves to be, or no matter how egregious their mistakes are. And that's kind of the message of everything I try to put into the world these days. Amen. Amen. Well, Andrew, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. And thank you for the music you write. And for, I'll just say this, the song A Shadow on Me was, oh boy, I could, that, that, that song for me in some of the darker points of my life uh, was one of the highlights i would put it on just to kind of keep my thoughts going and keep things sorted and there are many other songs that i could list that have done that for me so thank you very much for your art yeah no problem can i plug it real quick sure uh if if you're interested in checking out our new record sheep among wolves it's really cool if you like rock music it's not the cd and the vinyl are not available in stores so if you want a physical copy please visit us at project86.com. Go to our store and you can order the CD there. Or if you want it digitally, you can visit our digital store, which is project86.com slash digital dash store. We have not made the new material available as of yet on streaming um, communities such as Spotify or Apple Music because we want people to buy the record. We want people to buy the record because every record sale counts and feeds our families. So, uh, Streaming services don't really pay the artists anything. So when you buy the record, you're actually supporting the band, especially if you buy it from us, not even on iTunes. If you want to order the vinyl, get lossless FLAC versions of the record or an autographed copy. You can visit us at pledgemusic.com slash project 86. It's also available there. Wow. Wow. I will say this. I have actually gone through the record. Um, I have re- looked up a lot of the lyrics, and one thing I will say about your band is every single album up to this point that I have listened to has a different feel and a different vibe. It really does, and, and I would say it's you, you've never put out the same record twice. Considering you've been around for 20 years, that's saying something. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's always been the goal. That's been intentional. 
got to keep people interested. And so within a record, we try to make, you know, a diverse selection of songs while still sounding like us. Uh, and then from album to album, never making the same record twice. So, you know, people don't know what to re- expect and hopefully they keep coming back. Well, you know, I will. You got a fan for life. So um, thank you very much. Thanks thank you very lot. much. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.